the 2001 film, although filmed in 1999, Joyride. This was, of course, a prequel to Fast and the Furious. Um, no, no, it wasn't, but it does have Paul Walker. Rust in Peace, I think this is probably one of the first movies I saw with Paul Walker, honestly. I saw this before Fast and the Furious. I know that. I think I saw Fast and Furious first and picked this movie up randomly at Walmart. So anyways, today we're talking about Joyride. A little known movie. Well, I say little known, but I think that's a cult following. Little known my ass. <laughs> you think a lot of people have seen this movie? Yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen this movie. And we went to Walmart and asked 10 people have they seen Joyride. I bet you two of them have seen it. No, I bet you 10 of them will because I will ask all the women who were in love with Paul Walker at the time. Cult following, I feel like. People online have seen it, that's for sure. The people who have seen it generally pretty much usually give it a good review. Of course, maybe you have seen it because it has a strong supernatural connection which all the damn movies we see have some kind of supernatural there is not a strong supernatural connection it has one cameo by jim beaver who played bobby in supernatural well that's to me a strong (laughs) has somebody who was in supernatural right maybe god's telling me to watch supernatural but i think not no, he's. That's exactly what he's trying to tell you. Stay away. He's, no, he's trying to tell you to watch it. Robert England was in Supernatural. So one five minute roll, Robert but England, that's Robert England. Bless his heart has done many bad movies that I will never watch. Right? No, Robert England Life should have been Midnight Man. You have watched that. Sadly, because of you, yeah. You're forcing <laughs> into it, folks. That was an unreleased podcast that will never be released. No, we'll eventually do never, it again. I would never subject our audience to the Midnight Man. That means you'd have to sit down and watch it. And or just watch pray, our review. Pray that you never in a situation where Jigsaw has tied you up and forced you to watch a Midnight Man as your as your game that you have to play because you will fail that game. Okay, fine. He'll we'll, we'll tie you all down and make y'all watch the neighbor. Oh my goodness! Another unreleased podcast. So this was like well that one was because there was really nothing to talk about with that one. So this was happened. What happened was at the beginning of the podcast. You know, initially I was letting Nick pick our movies and. After about three weeks of that, we were like, nah, I don't feel that well, maybe not. So um, now it's kind of a, 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 we take turns picking movies, and uh, luckily Nick's selections have improved, although I think he was floating the idea of Killer Bong 2 last week. That means nothing to me. I don't know who that is. Tom, you never seen Cheech and Chong? That's, that's a Chong from Cheech and Chong? Yeah, that's Tommy Chong. And he comes in with a damn chainsaw to try and kill the evil Bong. He has a fight scene with a bong. He would be in a bong movie. That's exactly. <laughs> no, because I don't want to be watching that and then be thinking about my hookah killing me. All right, I don't need that in my mind. All right. Oh, uh, your hookah's already tried. It did, folks. <laughs> it sliced my finger. My hookah did. All right. The guy was talking about killer bong last week, and then my hookah came to life and sliced my finger. All right. That's not cool. And now I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about death's plan has been set in motion because we're still owed vengeance from our final destination podcast. It's all coming together in a bad way. No, I get the feeling as long as we do these podcasts, death will spare us. Yeah, next time we miss a week, though. Yeah. That or the fact that uh, if anyone's watched Castlevania Season 4, you know, death isn't around no more. Nope, nobody's seen that, so... Well, there you go. I just ruined the ending for everybody who well, watches. yeah, I was going to watch that. Now it's over. No, you're not. Maybe. i got to watch it. I'd have to watch the first three seasons. And, they've, and I think they've already announced the season five. Yeah. But they're pretty short seasons. It's like literally first one's six. After that, they're just 10 and 12 episodes. As long as it's not 15 seasons, I can watch it, so... Even if it was, it'd probably be less than 100 episodes by the end of it. The cutoff is 15. If it's under 15, I'll watch it. But if it's 15 or more, I can't do it. Okay, 16 or more. 
So this movie actually was a Nick pick. Rocco <laughs> was awesome. When you had Are You Afraid of the Dark and Rocco is Not Our Life. Which, if anyone wants to watch those, um, no, we're not sponsored by them, but go ahead and get Paramount Plus because all the entire series of Are You Afraid of the Dark, Kenan and Kel, Rocco's Modern Life, and any of the older Nickelodeon shows you can think of is actually on that streaming service. Well, I do love orange soda, so I may have to partake in that. So. And I have it, so I may need to partake in that myself. I've been watching Ink Master. Paying for HBO Max, Amazon Prime. Well, then get rid of HBO Max and get yourself uh, Paramount. I can't do it, man. HBO Max has a great selection. Well, then Most of the movies we have podcasted are on HBO Max. Or you go to a store that's not even five minutes away from the house. That's a lot of work you're talking about, right? Get out of here, right? Next thing you know, what you're gonna. Next thing you're going to be telling me that if I'm at the gates of heaven, I actually make the far walk to heaven. No. Zombify. Forget that. No, because if you look at uh, certain people's renditions of the gates of heaven, it's never going to open for you. That's true. True. And it probably would be the gates of hell anyway. So, um, Well, then they definitely ain't opening for you. You're, you're too happy and go-getter. He's too optimistic. Only pessimists are allowed to get those cookies. Oh, there's cookies? Yeah, there's cookies in hell. Oh, man. Damn. There better be some brownies in heaven anymore. <clears throat> brownies in heaven to make up for that because otherwise I'm, I might lean towards some cookies. So. <laughs> They're too tasty. They're not good for you. That's true. Remember, the tasty shit is the bad shit. Let's talk about Joyride. Shall we get into it? Yes, it has Paul Walker. It has Paul Walker, Steve Zahn, Lily Saboyeski. I'm glad you said it because I felt like I was going to butcher her name. So, so I've heard it spell, uh, said two different ways. Uh, Saboyeski or Saboyski. And what is her nationality? Beautiful. Maybe she's French? Probably. Cause you, did you hear like she has a hint of an accent? I mean, I can easily... There. I mean, I can easily look it up. I really don't no, give a no, shit. that's a lot of work, too. <laughs> so, um... Oh, and also, another one, and this one is uncredited. Actually, the two are uncredited. Guess, let me guess. Samuel L. Jackson. No, I can't throw that. Oh, here's a crown. He's not in this movie? He's in every other movie? No. I bet if we look hard, he's in there somewhere. He's at the rest stop or something. So funny thing is, I thought he was as a cameo. Uh, there you go. It was when they were knocking on the doors trying to find the the hotel room that the bad guy was in, that Rusty Nails was in, and that angry black dude came out. I was like, I said one second. Yeah. I'm sort of like, that's not Samuel L. Jackson. See, look, <laughs> I do what I do. I, I, I start every movie with the assumption that Samuel L. Jackson's in the movie, but it's like, where's, where's Waldo? I just have to find him. He's in here somewhere. Just got to find him. So, uh... Walton Goggins is actually in this movie, but in a deleted scene that never was released. I don't know who that is. That, he's about as new he, I can easily tell you where he's from. Uh, anyone who's watched Justified will know him as Boyd Crowder. No, nah, I don't feel justified to watch Justified, so. Yeah, well, and but the name I was thinking of was Robin Ted. Boyd. You can go no, fuck yourself. Not in this one? Not this time. Uh, Ted Levine, otherwise known as Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs or Bloodbath McGrath in Wild Wild West. Wow. Not so much Wild on the Wild Wild West, but on the Silence of the Lambs, because nobody should partake in Wild Wild West. Hey, I love me some Wild Wild really? West. Yes. It's a good song, but the movie, I, I enjoy that movie. Even Will Smith doesn't like it. <laughs> I don't care. I actually enjoy it. <laughs> he chose to do that movie over The Matrix. <clears throat> he could have done The Matrix. Well, the only reason he chose that movie over The Matrix is because the woman he wanted to act with died in a damn plane crash. Then he backed out. Had Alea not died... No, and no. she was in the Matrix. He actually would have been a part of it too. No, where, who told you that? I did. No, <laughs> no, I'm talking about the first Matrix. Yeah, so am I. There was no role for her in that first one. She was she was going to play Trinity. 
Alea oh. Ale- was going to be playing as Trinity in the Matrix, and Will Smith was going to be Neo. No. Yes. You're you might want to look that up. She didn't even die until like two years after the Matrix. You might want to look that up, sir. She died in 2001. The Matrix came out in 99. You might want to look that up, sir. He thought that Wild Wild West was going to be the big hit. The Matrix, he didn't understand. Or he couldn't conceptualize what the hell it was about that, so. Supposedly. That's so. what you say now. Well, I mean, that's what they, that's what he says. There's a bit of where he explains why he knew the Matrix. So, yeah. If you recall how the movie opens, we open with... Paul Walker in his dorm room talking to Sobeski on the phone. Yep. And I guess they're trying to establish what their relationship is, which I don't know. Well, friends, they grew up together. What's their backstory? They're uh, childhood friends. And the only thing, other thing we really understand is she apparently makes people cry when they, when she breaks up with them. Yes. And she just, just broke up with her boyfriend. And now Lewis is like, I'm going to get some of that ass. Well, I think Lewis sees an opportunity then to actually pursue a relationship. He's never told her. He's never. So basically, at this point, he hasn't told her how he feels. You think? But she clearly knows, probably in the back of her head, because she'd have to be completely oblivious to not think that he wants that relationship. With her. Right. So does now um, Lewis, which is Paul Walker, um, on the spot, because apparently it's um, what is it, summer vacation? Yes. So they're both going home. To visit their families, and she's where is home? I don't know, but they never mention. So basically, though, it's it's pretty far away. It's far away enough that far away enough that Lewis has plane tickets to go home. Yes, but in a magical moment of coming up with a plan on the spot that really is kind of silly, but the man looks at his plane tickets and says, "I got a car." Which can someone explain to me how much? Did a damn plane ticket cost that he could then get a refund for it, take it, and buy the damn car? The car was eleven hundred. I've never bought a plane ticket more than a hundred fifty. Well, and that's round trip. You know how they don't mention where home is, right? <laughs> I'm gonna surmise that home is in Europe. <laughs> he ain't flying somewhere in America for eleven hundred dollars. He flying to. Uh, France on flight 180, right? That's what I'm thinking, right? Because the timelines match up well there. For one, what do you expect him to do with the car? Is the car a hover car? <laughs> Is it one of those cars that turns into a damn boat the minute it hits water? He's not planning it. He's going to drop her <laughs> off wherever she's got to go, and then he's going to go find a way to get on a plane. And also, believe it or not, that uh, plane tickets to and from France are actually still are not that damn much. All right, look, maybe he's going to Mars. At most, 500. Maybe he's going to Pluto. I don't know, but the bottom line is, yeah, you're right. How the hell, how expensive are these damn tickets? But anyways, what I'm, I'm more I'm more shocked, by, not by that, by just the the in-the-moment thinking up the plan of, hey, I can sell the plane tickets, or I can get a refund on the plane tickets, and then go buy a car. All to pick up this girl who... Remember, I'm going to see when I get home anyways because we're we're going to the same town. Right. But remember, they, she's cute, but she's not that cute. He he even says that. Yeah. I mean, obviously as a joke. That's a, a good flirtatious line. But still, and one thing in my opinion is I kind of slightly understand understand it. Some one of my favorite memories is actually me and my wife driving to go visit my mom. I yeah, we can take a plane, but guess what? Why take a plane when it's only a 12-hour drive? We see some some beautiful scenery on the way. 
I and, get it, but and also you stop off at a uh, hotel or two and you know get to have some fun. Yeah, I get it, but in hindsight, okay, I understand the intention, but this is gonna be the beginning of their relationship being very underdeveloped as the movie goes on. It never really comes back to them exploring anything romantic or ever again, basically, in the movie. Well, no, because uh, almost immediately after they pick her up, uh, Rusty Nails comes back. But we're not there yet. No, so there. Don't do it. Stop, stop spoiling it, all right? Well, stop bringing it up. I'm just saying, <laughs> this is a hell of a plan he came up with. And props to Lewis for coming up with it. But, I mean, yeah, $1,100? So, so let's give him a break and say that he had $300 in the bank and he just added that with the plane tickets being sold and... So let's go ahead and introduce our other main player for this movie. Mr. Steve Zahn, who apparently is a big screw-up. Yep, otherwise known as Fuller in this movie. Poor Lewis can't get three miles in a row without his poor mom calling and saying, Ah, your brother's in jail again. Which begs the question, how many times has he been in jail? (laughs) And what has he been doing? Like, what is causing him to go to jail? Is he doing scams? Which I'm guessing with his character, that's probably it. I think the the backstory is that him and Vivica were doing the credit card scam together, traveling the country from Idle Hands. (laughs) She got them. She was like, well, I'm going to go do this, like, demon thing. And he was like, oh, that's crazy. I'm going to go. Did you cut yourself in this room? No, no, no. But I actually, um, I came upstairs and was washing my hands. Gotcha. Okay. But that's (laughs) not to throw away. Um, yeah, so basically... Steve Zahn has been a character named Fuller. So yep. Fuller has been just traveling the country doing nothing, basically. It sounds like he hasn't been home in a long time. His parents haven't seen him in a while. His, she says her, the, the dad isn't even bothering with him anymore. He's not going to bail him out. Right. So we get a little insight into the relationship because good-hearted Lewis decides, hey, I'm going to get my brother out of jail because the state he's in. Utah, Salt Lake City, is somewhat on the way. So I can also... <clears throat> good at the... the what's, what's the saying? You heard the saying that the um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. If he chose not to pick him up, this whole damn restless movie doesn't happen, all right? That is true, but I've also noticed um, Fuller, even though his character, you know, is, fun, is a fun-loving person, he likes doing jokes, he likes being stupid, I've noticed he's pretty observant, though. Literally in what? It feels like maybe an hour in this car, he already put together what Lewis was planning the whole damn time. Is this where Lewis correctly surmises no more bullshit small talk about no more bullshit small talk about me, my relationship? I mean that's one way of getting someone to shut the fuck up is drive off the road. <laughs> and we're just like, So are you okay to drive? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean I get it, like he's basically what they're saying essentially is that Paul Walker is the or Lewis is the the naive little brother and um, Fuller is the like the knowing of the world basically like he's been through experiences and stuff so he's a little more street smart a little more savvy about these kind of things sort of I mean he still gets him in a stupid ass situation well yeah to me like I mean I love Steve Zahn and this is gonna probably be my favorite performance movie but I'm not gonna hold back on how much he screws them over and over again throughout this movie he, he's the driving force of all the bullshit that's about to happen when the start of this screw up was it still sound it seems like a pretty good idea in, in theory is that cb radio yes i mean and yes in theory i can understand yes you want to see if you can go fast or not it's actually a good idea <clears throat> especially with the criminal mind that fuller has he's like well yeah we can speed right um 
So this movie takes place in the 90s, I'm guessing, because it was made in 99. So, CB radios, still common, still out there? Yeah, I'm sure, uh, out of truckers, yes. Even, like, with phones and stuff, they don't just use cell phones and stuff? There's not, there's not like, a CB app on their phone? Just probably, like, they probably not, because I know the store I used to work at, they still sell CB radios. Okay, so that's, for truckers, that's always going to be sort of <clears throat> in style. Oh, yeah, and it's also, and think about it, with a CB radio, you pick it up, push a button, Anyone within a certain mile radius can answer you. You can just say, hey, is there any cops coming around? It's a great device for a horror movie because of that fact that if someone talks to you, they're in the area. Yeah. So immediately, if they hear from somebody, it's like they're in that five-mile radius or whatever it is. So it's actually a really good tool for... I mean, now nowadays, it's probably jumped up to like a 50-plus radius, but... Yeah. So they're on their adventure right now, and we're going to basically... So Besky is not going to come into basically half of the movies, so right? Eventually, but they're going to have their whole own storyline without her basically here. And it um, starts off with Steve Zahn uh, talking Lewis into playing a joke on Rusty Nails. Yes, and I mean this is a joke on the level of like is Fuller seventeen years old, sixteen years old? This is not somebody like like an actual adult would actually do. I feel like this is like a teenage prank. Right. They're going to play a female voice. Which Lewis does surprisingly well. He sounds like a damn female when he puts that voice on. No, he doesn't. I don't be fooled. No, he didn't. You know, we, I, I don't blame Rusty Nails for being a little bit fooled here. He, Everyone, I think uh, we found Vic's male crush. Oh my goodness! We found his boy band crush. It is Lewis, otherwise known as Candy Cane. No, it's the voice of Rusty Nails. No, um, <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying, like, you like that Buffalo Bill dance. <laughs> <laughs> He does a pretty convincing job. Um, but what happens when a joke goes too far? I guess that's the... Is that the underlying theme of the movie? What happens when a joke goes too far? At least this first half, yeah. So they're talking... Lewis is basically Candy Cane, the voice of female. Yep. Talking to a lonely old man named Rusty Nails. Which at this point we know nothing about. The only thing we know about him is obviously he is lonely considering the fact that he's he's hooked into this line hook he's and sinker. desperate for a hot date. <laughs> oh, yeah. It doesn't take much for them to, to reel him in into meeting them at a hotel room at midnight. and With a bottle of pink champagne. Yeah, and my man Rusty probably pulled off the side road right there to plan out how to get that pink champagne because he's all in for this night. Oh, yeah. But uh, first, I guess we need to really go over the fact that... uh. What caused him to eventually, what caused Fuller to decide to make, play this joke was uh, later is, you know, when they decide to make the joke, he gets body checked by some big guy. Yeah, the asshole business guy at the front desk at the hotel is basically yelling at the, the hotel clerk. Right. And Not exactly saying nice things. Yeah, but Fuller also interjects himself into it. And then... Is surprised when he gets body checked, but he kind of threw himself into it. Well, yeah, but so his whole thing was, let's get him to meet. It'll be a, fu- it'll be funny. One of them will probably get hit, whatever. Yeah. And then he it's a slippery <laughs> slope because you're, you have you have two. Th- Here's the problem: you have two things you don't know. You don't know how violent the business person is, especially right now because he remember two days without sleep. That will make anybody yeah. vicious. So you don't know how he's gonna react. And then you really don't know anything about this Rusty Nails character either. So you're putting two elements together as a ha-ha. And 
It doesn't I mean, go this, well. This is too much. Too far. Anyway. Well, we also find out it doesn't go well because the next morning cops come in and says, hey, uh, let's take you on a little trip real quick. I think y'all know more than what we're and you see what happened to the guy. Did you notice, too, when the cops first confront them, they think that the business guy hurt Rusty Nails. Right. They're like, they're like, Who, who's the victim? Right. The business guy's the victim? And that's why I think the cop then was like, I need to take y'all to somewhere real quick. Yeah, this seemed, this seemed like a lot to get them to admit. So, like I said, with this... This probably is the only horror movie out there where the cops, or every single cop, is actually smart in a sense. Because Steve Zahn has made himself completely look guilty by sitting there already assuming one guy is the perpetrator when he finds out he's a victim. He's like, what? And the guy's like, I think you did something. Let's go for a little walk. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessary. I feel like the cop has been like, tell me what you did, but... He well, takes him to the well, you tell you say that without the actual proof of who's the victim. Steve Zahn's just gonna be like, I, I didn't do nothing. It's the like victims in a coma, right? His well, chin's ripped off. yeah. Now that they know that, Lewis sings like a damn canary. Yeah, <laughs> and so lucky for them though, the police pretty much let them off with no, no well, charge or nothing. Well, remember how Jim Beaver? I, I would throw him in jail for three days. D- that seems pretty serious. So the captain or Jim Beaver, Captain Ritter sitting there screaming at him saying that he would throw them in jail if he thought it would answer one of the many questions he actually had. Yeah. So they get off scotch-free. Well, sort of. He tells them to be out of the state of Wyoming by dawn. I mean, they're leaving anyways. They're on a road trip. Basically, they get off scotch-free. Yeah. And do they take some kind of lesson from this? No. Fuller's still going to be a screw-up. Well, yeah, because notice how when they finally tell Rusty Nails what happened, You'd think Lewis would be the one to apologize. No, he f- tries to get Fuller to do it, and Fuller's like, fuck you. Well, this is another opportunity where Fuller screws them. <laughs> because at this point, I'm just going to go into psychology of Rusty Nails. I think if you give him a legitimate apology, maybe he leaves you alone. But Fuller's got to be like, you're going to need some drugs, and asshole, the only thing i got to do is turn the volume knob down. Like, like I said, you would... Why? Why are you being so... That's why I'm just wondering one thing. Why didn't Lewis be the one just to say it? Because he didn't exactly say one of, which one had to say it. He did eventually. He was like, he was like, Rusty, hey, it's me. I'm a guy. Okay, there's no candy cane. I mean, he, he says that, and then that's when he asked for an apology. But then... He hands it to Fuller instead of him saying it. That's true. Maybe that was... Because remember, Rusty didn't say which one of them needs to apologize. Yeah, but you see how surprised Lewis was when he saw what Fuller said? He was like, he was expecting uh, Fuller to apologize, but Fuller basically... So Fuller basically screws them in a big way because what he doesn't know is that Rusty's actually behind them in the truck. Yeah. So Rusty has followed them from the motel or from the police station. Oh, yeah. And the reason we know that is because he goes, you know, Black Sheep, you ought to get that fixed. Yeah, get well fixed. The Your tail lights. Why do we sound like, we sound like Bane from the dark? <laughs> get the tail light fixed. Otherwise, you're going to eventually find yourself Bane, in the dark. You get the tail light fixed, or it'll be your enemy. Um, you fail. <laughs> the, the, no. The tail light is your enemy. No voices for you, yeah. sir. I used to be so good at them. Okay, so. <laughs> so basically, Fuller screws them in the worst way possible because now they're being chased on the road by the damn truck. Yep. And the next, and, okay, now this is like pet peeve. This is so here's a little a, bit too convenient for the gas to be on E. 
they just were like in a whole situation where they were stopped at a town. They could have gas. Yeah. So that's for plot. Well, here's the real question. Um, how did Rusty know which car to start following? Okay. Or was Rusty just doing circles around this area until he picked somebody up? There's going to be a lot of, we can figure out is Rusty. He's definitely not supernatural. No. He's a normal He's person. A being, but there is some some leaps of logic he makes to make this all work. So one thing is, I'm guessing when the police are questioning um, Lewis and Fuller at the hotel, okay, we have to assume that somehow there's a big-ass truck nearby with Rusty sitting in it <laughs> watching the police questioning and then watching the police take them away in the police car to go see the dude. So Rusty in the truck follows him to the hospital, and he's starting to think, huh, these two boys, the cops are, like, driving them around showing them they have something to do with this. Um, so I guess he makes some kind of thing from that. Now, he's like, okay, something's going on with these guys, so I'm just going to follow them and just see what happens. So he's following them, and then he's talking the thing. And remember, they just come out like, there is no candy cane. And now he happens to be behind them. It's a lot of work for him to do, basically, to, like, I don't know... Most likely, okay, normally more like, he, he would have gotten the highway, he just killed the guy, basically. He'd gotten the highway and booked it out of town, basically. Right. But he hangs around town to uh, see what's going on. I don't know, it's 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 a, little, it's a bit of a leap. But I will say this, uh, then they do a red herring in this one, for oh, this next scene, with the ice trucker. Beautiful. It's amazing, <laughs> because they, they pull over. Um, and this is how red herring should be, because to be honest with you, most people are not going to automatically, are go, not going to continue suspecting you after a little bit yeah absolutely and the ice truck driver he has a damn uh pipe in his hand it's a tire thumper it's not a pipe what is a tire thumper? Oh. a tire thumper is literally just a big a big heavy block of wood that they're used to hit your tires to check air pressure oh okay i mean it if hit it will hurt somebody so what's good about this red herring is that i'm sold because <clears throat> when they book it out of there he comes running out with the tire thumper like, you sons of bitches. Like, he's like, wait, he is the killer. He's actually chasing them now. But as it turns out. He's just returning his MasterCard. As, as what's funny, Floor was like, we got a gun, man. <laughs> he's just like. A little bit of overactive. He's like, and I got a MasterCard. Which one wins? You know, of all the characters in this movie, this is the nicest guy. <laughs> this dude went out of his way to return the MasterCard. After, he could have just at some point just said, F this, like. These guys will not just slow down. They're making me chase them. Right. He's a good guy. Now, unfortunately, this movie, being good. a good person means nothing because... Rusty Nails just power drives through the damn truck. This is a great, great, great moment because... Um, I mean, what's great is you see the lights just slowly coming, and then all of a sudden... And they hear they hear a sound, and they look, and they see the ice truck. But yeah, in the background of the ice truck, you see something coming. And, and then, boom. It blows, it blows the whole damn ice truck up. And immediately, I'm just like, you know, maybe we'll find out later, but I'm like... Well, that guy what, did. What happened to the ice truck driver? So, that damn truck is coming like 100 miles an hour, it feels like. Oh, yeah. I don't know how fast it's going, but it looks like it's 100 miles an hour. It's probably closer to 60, but it's still going to do some damage. It's almost, I think they, they sped up the film or something, because it looks like it's a lot faster. But, uh, so... They get, they then, you know, try to outdrive them again on this dirt road and find themselves... Against a tree. Against a tree. Idiots. And... So this is where it's interesting because... This is probably one of the very first intense scenes that actually happens in this movie. Because they're cornered. 
Oh, yeah, they're cornered, and this truck's just very slowly just smashing them up against this tree. Now they finally do what they should have done the beginning, and they actually apologize. Well, Fuller apologizes. Which is really, I think, um, I think even Rusty senses that there's a good brother and a shitty brother, and he wants a shitty brother to apologize. He wants that apology from Fuller, it's not feeling. Well, Lewis never even tried to apologize, so it's not like Lewis is the... Because um, if Lewis still had the seat, the damn r- fucking handheld in his hand, he should have been like, yes, dude, I apologize. I get it, but from, from his perspective, what he, what he knows is that Fuller is the one who's like, F you, man, you, you need drugs. I'm not doing nothing. He's the combative one. Mm. Everything Lewis has said hasn't been combative. He was just like, he was like, sorry, man. You know, we didn't say sorry, but he was like... You know, it was all prank. Basically, he sounded apologetic. Right. Whereas Fuller sounded like, F you, man. So he wants that apology now from Fuller. And he gets it. And <clears throat> he backs off. Movie's over. We're good. Sort of. All right, folks. Next week, we're doing uh, w- No, hold up. Wait a minute. There's more? There's more. I, I turned the movie off at this point. So first. Oh, shit. So I guess I got to go through the rest of this. So they throw the CB radio away. They get the car fixed. Then they get down to meet... Uh, Venna, Lily Sabojska's character. Yes. I oh, you it. forgot. You completely forgot about her, didn't you? No. That's when I turned the movie back on because I was like, wait a minute. They still got to get Venna. So I turned the movie back on and now. Ah, okay. But, Excuses. But, but what I think is going to happen now, though, is that the, um, the scary portion of the movie is over. And now we're just going to get a romantic comedy with Steve Zahn, Paul Walker, and Zubeski. So we're going to have a fun road trip movie now. No more of this killer truck driver nonsense. We're going to focus on these three characters and have we a get our, different movie now. So we get our mon, our driving montage, which, again, has a few cuts where you get the love, tri- the love I guess you can call it a triangle. But a forced love triangle. Let's be honest. It's forced. Yeah, but you get... This, this, this is a part of the movie where nothing's happening, so you have to... <sighs> instead of what I would like to see here is just her and... Paul Walker or Lewis. Yeah, Ben and Lewis slowly talking about their feelings and, like, what they want for their future. But the problem is then you get Fuller coming up and go, this is the part where you uh, kissed the girl. Yeah. Which, again, it feel, fine. which is fine. I mean, yeah, it made it a little awkward now, but it's fine. It just makes a very weird sense that now all of a sudden in the next scene – he decides to go to Fuller. Decides to go to her room to try and fl- to try and get her in bed. This is like kind of um. Th- this is where it gets this, forced. This is the first thing to me where it's like, okay, you know, you talk about like how how uh, Fuller seems like a good dude, just like um, let's say he's immature or yeah, whatever, but still has a let's say a and throughout a harmless spirit basically. And throughout the movie, he never even shows any real interest in Vena except for this one scene. Yeah, this. I understand he's drunk, but this takes a turn into just like unlikable asshole, right? Because you already know how your brother feels about her, and now you've talked yourself into going after her. If they went, luckily this gets interrupted. But if they kept going further with this, they were going to take Fuller into a territory of like just unlikable characters. Where he would have been the antagonist, really. Yeah, because he's like causing drama here that that we did not need, especially since now Lewis is getting the call. Of Rusty Nails being the real wingman, it's like, why is your brother in the room with your girl? Yeah. <laughs> what's funny is Rusty's like, he's not here for vengeance. He's like, hey man, like you should check your brother, man. He's uh, he's over there trying. To- <laughs> right. Like Rusty's like, I think he just made that call as like a brother, just like, hey, man, like I gotta tell you, man, your brother's up to no good. So. Your your brother's an asshole. Are you sure you don't need another brother? <laughs> it's funny if Rusty says that and just hangs the phone. Like, right, right. I'm gonna go about my life, man. I'm getting back to the room. <laughs> 
like, I just want to update you on your brother. It's like, what? Like, Whoa. <laughs> well, movie's not over because we'd still have to get through our love triangle. Oh, but no. Apparently, Rusty Nails is still after them because he's pissed that now there's a girl in the mix. Because no, okay, now the real phone call. Let, let, let's get back to the conversation, though, also about... Because we were talking about something before, so I want to get back to this we were talking about before of the podcast. Was let's, let's try to trace back now because when he let them up off the street, right? Right. He sounded pretty satisfied with the conclusion of the story. They, hey, I was they, just fucking with you, man. They apologize. They look like assholes. Their car's messed up. They're against the tree. Yep. He backs off and goes on his way. But then we have a leap to now where he's back and he has a whole new plan. He's even more pissed off than he was before. So it's like this escalated in a way. There was no real incident to escalate. It just he's back. But so, as we discussed, what you thought basically so one way one thing they could have done is uh because when you first see see him in his actual truck you see a trailer attached to it that trailer is transporting something obviously so he backs off and it's very possible the reason i say it has to be the college town where he run pretty much sees them again is where he's dropping his his load off it has to be the college town because then he kidnaps charlotte if he sees them somewhere else throughout the throughout the time, he would not have known about Charlotte. So it would have to be the yeah. college town he sees them in. I had a big problem with the Charlotte thing because she appears for literally 30 seconds. She drives up. She has one interaction. She drives away. He has to be at that moment actually watching them specifically to then follow Charlotte to get her. So he's in the college town. So you're thinking... That's where he's dropping his load off. two scenarios, basically. There's him... Uh, actively following them, or him just happening to drop his thing off there, his trailer, and it just happens to be a a coincidence that he sees them. For them, a coincidence. Yeah. So, so you're thinking actually just literally like he's like, all right, well, I'm back on the road. Life's good again. Dropping off my trailer. Hey, those sons of bitches. Oh, there is a girl. Exactly. I'm pissed off again. Yep, pretty much. Wow. Because he does have the phone. He's like, I thought there was no girl. Is it pretty simplistic? But I guess I mean. You know, I thought you said there was no girl. So that's just a big <laughs> And then Lewis tried to lie. It's like, but there is no girl. I was like, then what is she doing in the other room with your brother? Now, when he says <laughs> that, is Lewis pissed about, oh, my God, Russell Nelson's back? Or he's like, he's in the room with my brother. <laughs> what is he actually doing? He, I mean, he this, jumps off the room. He jumps off the room. To be fair, at this point, Russ Nails could just still be letting him know, hey, your brother's still trying to get, get with your girl right now. Oh, not until we not until we find out he put the CB radio back into the trunk of the car and then spray oh. painted all those signs. And this is done a very cool way with the signs painted. <laughs> They're driving. Um, ben is asking like, "What's going on?" Um, he's like, I, I, "We did something." He's explaining in a very complicated way. He's like, "We did something Nails, stupid." Rusty Nails did something because we did something. I'm like what? Who talks that way? Uh, Just break it down to her. Damn. He, he's afraid of telling her that, you know, we played a tri- we played a joke on this guy, and now he's trying to kill us. Now, the signs, the traffic signs tell them to look in the trunk, and they find the CB radio. Yep. You know what I wanted to happen? You know what I wanted to see happen here in the scene? Charlotte's dead body? No. I wanted Sobeski, Venna, to walk in the middle of the road and say, What are you waiting for? <laughs> just one time just give it to me what are you waiting for but oh, she, you had that thought think about it but she is not this didn't this didn't strike you as an I know she did last summer moment what are you waiting for also I got a real question with the, their interactions 
because uh, he then tells him to go to the truck stop where he starts playing a prank on them pretty much. He tells, you know, Fuller and Lewis, get naked, go in, order some, order cheeseburgers. While he, then he starts talking to Venna. He's obviously not watching those two. He's talking to, he's talking to Venna. But. I didn't like the scene. The reason I didn't like the scene is, are you telling me out of a truck stop, there's no other truckers on this same radio frequency to hear what they're talking about? So, yeah, I don't know the mechanics of the scene right now. So basically... Um, can they have private conversations or is it pretty much if depending on if you're on a certain channel, anyone else on that channel will hear your conversation if they're within that same uh, within a five mile radius. So we have to assume that they somehow but they have a channel that's private to them or something. But the problem is you see the number say 19 uh, and night and uh, we established in an earlier scene. Fuller was talking to other truckers on channel 19. Right. So why are you all of a sudden having this conversation? Rusty nails is just like gladly answering any question she had really on this radio frequency with other truckers around. So basically this is limitation. I mean, I'm happy that it, I was talking about too. Basically like this movie where you really can't, you can't with us with a cell phone. This movie wouldn't work. Right. Right. So the CB radio basically is in place of the cell phone. So in a normal movie today, basically, it would be the killer truck driver talking to them on the cell phone. Right. The directions. So, now, also, uh, this... But no, no, I didn't, but I didn't like this scene because <clears throat> this scene seems goofy. Like, it's almost going for not comedy, but it's just weird. Well, yeah, but I, I think... Naked makes it weird. Well, yes, um... I can kind of see that really Rusty Nails' main goal with this scene was he wanted to have a one-on-one with Venna. I think the reason the naked part was you made me look like a fool. Now I'm going to make you look like a fool. You going in ordering like six cheeseburgers each, that's not looking like a fool. You going in naked makes you look like a fool. (laughs) Yeah, but they they have the the correct point, which is we're probably just going to get arrested. (laughs) Um, I didn't think about that angle, though. He's just trying to get a one-on-one with Venna. So basically, Venna is like um, has caught his interest, basically. Yeah, um, but uh, but 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 then after this, though, it's like it's back to them ver- them versus him. But and he's still not done with them. If I'm them, I'm like, well, well, they well, still need Charlotte because he kidnapped Charlotte. But here's another thing: this is actually where because there was four different endings. Or technically five, if you count the theatrical release ending. Mm-hmm. Four of those, four out of those five are pretty much the same, just you know, different continuities of what happens. One ending actually drives off from this point into a completely different direction of the movie. So. Okay. Well, I feel like. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about like, the theatrical. Let's, yeah, let's not get extremely confusing now by going through all the endings at once. Uh-uh. While we're doing the original thing, <laughs> no, so I'm already would be confused that if we're doing like a choose your own scare adventure here. So. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I ha- it's good to know. But let's um, save the endings for the end. So. Yeah, because we'll, if we get if we do decide to go through the other endings, to, we'll just keep this part in mind that this is still going to be what happens. This is where we come back to. Okay. Well, you yeah, once to go with endings separately, and um. But uh, and now we get damn um. That's a great scene, the cornfield. Oh yeah, this cornfield scene is damn. One, it's intense. It has a great, uh, really old classic song weirdness to it when he starts playing his radio. There was one part where he's actually 
chasing them in the field with his truck and they're running. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how's he not catching them? Like he's going full speed to the cornfield and they're running. And I'm just like, shouldn't he be um, catching them? Like, yeah, but I'm going to ignore that. Um, and also, okay, so there's two things, two ways to approach this. First of all, what was his plan here? We know we'll, we'll talk about what actually happens, but did he actually execute his plan of what he would plan for them to meet him at the cornfield? He pulls up in his truck. They surmise he's not stopping. He's chasing them. Um, what is his plan exactly? Well, his plan at this point actually is to kidnap Venom. Because think that's actually, <clears throat> that was the, his actual plan was to kidnap The reason I say that is because why when he as you brought up he could have easily killed them a lot in this one scene but instead he actually gets out of the truck because he notices i guess because in the cornfield you he notices three different rustling of the corn so obviously these characters just split up but he got very lucky that they that they stupidly all chose to separate because what is what was his plan for example if just they all had stuck together because then he, I would, he approaches them, but he can't really kidnap her now without... He's kidnapping her to mess with them, but he probably would have to kill them in order to kidnap so, her. Uh, if, so when we go through the original ending filmed for this movie, we'll actually go over that. Okay. Because uh, the Scornfield scene happens again in the original ending, but uh, a diff- little bit differently. It's just too confusing to incorporate all Exactly. This. So... <laughs> So we'll just go to he kidnaps her and we find this is where we kind of see the first look of Rusty Nails's person yeah. played by the body version is played by Matthew Kimbrough. And I'm like, that guy, he's the killer. <laughs> They're OK. I ain't got to worry about nothing. Uh, well, you saw what, one. Weren't you kind of like, that's the killer? That's Rusty Nails? That guy? I don't know. He gets a hold of you. You're fucked still. Man, when I he's saw, a big guy. When I saw his face, I was like, man, that's the guy from the Waffle House down the street, man. I've seen him. He's made waffles for me, all right? I'm not scared of him. So Rusty Nails was setting up traps way before Saul, Jigsaw was. I, I guess so. I mean, Get, he clearly knows what he's doing with these, these, these pranks and these things. Well, he start, well remember, he uh, sets up the shotgun trap in a sense where anyone turns a knob, that shotgun trigger is going to blow. Yeah, Rusty, man. He's a very smart guy. This is really like an elaborate, brilliant <laughs> setup he does there at the end. Mm. He has her, um, he has Venom in the hotel room tied to a chair with a shotgun facing her. And then he, well, the police come. Yeah, he calls the police right at 12. Like he said, he, you know, he said, get to the hotel by midnight and you will be able to see her alive again. Well, by the minute midnight comes, he calls the cops, so that way the cops oh. can start breaking down the doors. One thing we should mention also is they, they, they do steal a car. Oh, yeah, they do steal a car. And what's even and the funny part about this scene is uh, another truck driver, is uh, he knew they were stealing it, but he was very inconspicuously telling them how to hotwire this damn truck. <laughs> yeah, he, he helped them steal the car, basically. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because they steal and you see the other guy come out. Hey, you sons of bitches. <laughs> That's my truck. And the other guy must have been like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's just a funny scene. It made sense because the car, by the way, their car exploded. Yeah, the plane tickets went to waste. Yeah, they did. Poor plane ticket. Yeah. So stolen car. But they got pink champagne in the in the process. They do got pink champagne. But I gotta say, I love this ending. This ending is it's intense, suspenseful, intense, and and the stakes like 
You know what I thought the first time I watched it? I was like, she gonna die. I thought no, no. I thought one of our main characters is gonna die. Of the, I thought one of the three. I thought probably something where one of the brothers is gonna have to sacrifice themselves. And probably Fuller. I was thinking Fuller could redeem himself by being the one who sacrificed. Himself. Right, which and he I, does almost, which he I, does a lot in the scene. Because you want those two to live happily ever after. So I feel like they could have gone went that route. They didn't, that's fine, but I felt like there were some stakes, and I felt like they could easily kill somebody off. Right. But they, but to be honest, they don't, but this is still an intense scene, because after they pretty much, after uh, Fuller does get across to Lewis, don't open that door, Lewis goes around and notices his brother's now fucking hogtied, not really. He's impaled by his leg. <clears throat> impaled by his leg, and then, ra- and then his hood wrapped around a wood pose where he sees the truck now turning around. Yes, and now Lewis has to um, attain to, uh, attend to his brother, but then also... The cops are breaking down the doors. you got to stop the cops from opening the door so, having to shot in the face. As much as I'm fine with this scene, one there's only one thing I'm not a big fan of, and that's the fact that the cops are literally breaking down these doors until it gets to the last two, and then they're just twist the doorknobs. It's like, uh, why didn't you just continue breaking down the doors, or why didn't you just turn the doorknobs on all of them why change your what y'all are doing that is a pretty big inconsistency it's almost like for suspense the movie they have to open the door slowly right but you're right they would just be kicking the doors down exactly and to be honest if they kick the door down to the one the shotgun may not have even shot off because the saran wrap probably would have snapped off interesting so the whole thing might have been a fail anyways exactly but so, instead but, but i think i think one thing we can establish here is that rusty intends for people to die here. <laughs> right. He's, he's intense for her to get shot in the face. So the minute the cops finally break down the door, Lewis did save Venna, and then he hears the truck coming. Yeah, and he tells the cops, hey, don't be shooting me. I got it. My brother's back there. And then he... And I, I actually think the cops probably would have shot. <laughs> no, I don't know. Probably not, because he didn't have any real weapon in his hand. Yeah, and he's basically saying I have to go. But they follow him, and... And then they start shooting that truck. They they hail bullets like, on that motherfucker. Truck's not stopping, <laughs> and they start shooting, but then they just run away. Well, yeah, they have to. The truck's not stopping. <laughs> All right. When the truck comes, you know what I was thinking of? Because he he lifts them off the thing, and they jump out the way. That damn train scene in Final Destination. I was thinking back to that because I'm like, it does a better job. Final Destination was horrible as far as this you, how the scene did it. Frame it on, and you see the truck actually hit them when they're in the car. Right. This is like at least. It's you see them film, actually jump out of the way. see them jump out the way. It's just a difference of, like, a, a better film scene of the same situation. Right. I just feel like, time. I just feel like very possibly the truck probably should have grazed one of their feet. Maybe like Lewis's because he's taller. Probably hit him in the leg and broke his ankle. Yeah, that would have been hard to pull off, though, on camera, though. Yeah, probably, but... And then, if the truck is his foot, I mean, maybe his foot gets to cap day and flies off. Yeah, well... Then, then it was, it was a clean break. Yeah, but anyway, so now we get and, and, and they find Charlotte. They find Charlotte. They wow. see a dead body. I'm not. I can't say who because obviously it's not Rusty Nails. We already saw Rusty Nails, a big man, and the person that's in this truck is not as big. Yep. And you see the ring. This poor, poor sack of guns in the truck. We're about to find out is the ice trucker. And that was a mystery throughout the whole movie. I kept thinking, what happened to the ice truck guy? He died. Yeah, I guess now now we know. But did he die from the impact of that, or did Rusty go back and kill him? Uh, to be honest with you, I get the strange feeling. What happened was he died by the cops shooting him, 
because they're uh. because of the way the blood actually the way he was covered in blood. If you're dead, your blood's not going to pull like that. So he was planted in the front seat, probably wounded, mm-hmm. not able to move, but maybe still alive. Yeah. So then the, when the cops started shooting. Yeah, exactly. Because, like I said, the way the blood flowed down them, blood when you're dead will not flow like that. Well, I'm thinking about the, the ice truck scene where he gets, the truck gets hit. Um, he could have survived that. He'd be in pain. Because the impact was mostly on the ice truck. Yeah. Right? He's in the front, right? Which they're tied together, but not directly together. Right. right. So, he would have felt a big, jarring impact. Oh, yeah. But he could have survived. It didn't strike me as like he would just be automatically dead. Yeah. Mm-mm. He has a seatbelt on and everything. So. And maybe that guy had the worst fate in this movie because that dude was a nice guy. He brought their MasterCard back, even when they're assholes. <laughs> all, that, all that good deeds just to be set up and killed by the cops, man. Yep, pretty much. What the hell? You're... And, and, and Rusty Nail's home free. He's on the road. Headed to the Waffle House on I-95. I like when it rains because I, I, I grow plants. And so, it helps my plants. No, so I do love the actual ending line in this because they also the three main characters just have that what the fuck moment is pretty much then uh, yeah they've already figured out it was the ice truck guy oh shit the brothers did anyway and then they hear rusty nails on the radio finally he says i love it when it rains it washes everything clean pretty much stating everything he just did he's never going to be found out (laughs) yeah but it's pretty bold to be on the radio doing that my thing is Okay, the movie ends there, right? Right. But, okay, let's surmise. They heard that. They walk 12 feet over to the, the police force out there and say, hey, this asshole's still on the road. I'm thinking, so the, I'm thinking Rusty gets pulled over. So here's the problem. Here, so. Here's the problem with that. Rusty got rid of his truck. So which means he now has another truck with a different license plate and most likely a different color. What they could do is, though, because there's one thing that the character knows is his voice. So, they'd have to find a way, basically, to have them as witnesses hear his voice and corroborate. Well, first they first they have to arrest the guy, and five miles it may not seem like much in a car. If they have enough to suspect that he is the actual person behind this, it would be worth them pursuing it. Oh yeah. And if the and if the characters are adamant, he's still on the road. They're gonna they're gonna put a um. Uh, a stop point or something like that, and mm. all the truck drivers are gonna have to go through some kind of. Is this Rusty Nails? Is this Rusty Nails? It's, it, it, it's gonna be like basically, they're gonna yeah cut off the road and investigate all truck drivers. Oh yeah. He's smart. He's given up his life as a truck driver. But <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't, cause we have two other sequels. However, oh, if God, those don't exist to me. Yeah. However. Okay, let's go to our categories. Best performance. I'm gonna say Fuller. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, he's funny, he's charismatic, he's pretty much the life of the party in this damn movie, even though he's the reason for the situation. Yeah, he's basically an asshole, and, you know, he does irk me with how much he causes the problems. But yeah, but he does he does redeem himself throughout the ending. He does, and he's the one moving the, moving the action forward, and then and Steve Zahn, and this is really about Steve Zahn, basically. He's a very underrated actor because he can do comedy and drama mm-hmm. interchangeably in the same scene even he can switch from comedic to dramatic mm. so that's my standout um the worst i feel like is probably i don't know nobody was really bad like 
Paul Walker does what he needs to do, basically. No, no I don't. To be honest, I left out worst performance because you brought up that, you know, since we do technically eliminate a character, that's pretty much your worst performance. All right, well, eliminate a character. Well, Charlotte. no one. I'm eliminating Charlotte. You're going to name Charlotte, but the problem is she does still have a point to play in this yeah, movie. Because but... if he did not kidnap her, what reason would the three characters even have to continue this farce with them? I got a, I got a simple fix for this. Okay. You just had him kidnap Venna a little bit earlier. He doesn't even know about Venna until they get to him. No, he knows about her when he calls the hotel room. He knows about her. Yeah, but by the time, but by that point, Steve's on, or Fuller's already with Venna. Fuller goes back to her room with the drinks <laughs> to um, get hit on her. Right, the door is open. Mm-hmm. Knox looks in. She's not there. She's been kidnapped. Now, think about this. Everything going forward now is the same thing. They still go naked, cheeseburgers, all that stuff. Everything's still the same. It's just that you don't eat Charlotte. Yeah, but the problem is we don't get that one-on-one with Venna trying to give Venna the impression that the reason he's doing this is not because he's a bad guy, but because these two did something stupid. That went out the window when he has her tied to a chair with a shotgun. I thought thought there was some connection there, but he's just going to kill her mindlessly. He's just a pawn. I'm just saying, Charlotte, okay, but... You have to stretch the, believ- stretch the believability for him to happen to see Charlotte for five seconds, make some connection there. Charlotte could have stopped and just said hello, and there could be no connection there at all. He's kidnapping her like they're supposed to be like care about Charlotte. Well, there's a good chance. It's a good chance he talked to her before he actually kidnapped her. You know, talk to her, find out what her relationship with them was. He could have went up and was like, hey, I'm uh, somehow related to these two. How do you know them by any chance? That trucker-looking dude is yes. going to walk up to her in her car, and she's going to give him information? Yes. What world do you live in? A <laughs> lot of them. Well, that would actually... A lot of worlds. And plus, well, by the way, he's going to walk up with that damn rusty nail voice? Yes. Candy Cade, can you tell me about your friends <laughs> and that other girl? And she's going to be like... This is his last name. This is their relationship. <laughs> hey, hey, do you want to kidnap me? You can, you can use me for leverage. Are we just making Charlotte a complete idiot? <laughs> I mean, she is blonde. Look, there's there's nobody we can... There's not enough characters to eliminate somebody. I'm saying that. That's the way you could get around the pointlessness of Charlotte. You didn't kill her. Just, there was no point to her. So. Anyway, so... At the, at the end, she's not even bait anymore because you already have Zobeski. There's really no point to her at the end. Anyway, so we now also get our... Uh, so what's our best scene? I think we're both going to agree because we both kind of already said it. I got two of them, though, that are equal to me. The ice truck scene mm-hmm. and then the ending. For me, is the corn scene. Oh, yeah. Cornfield. No, I still got the ending, though. You're still choosing the ending? There's so much suspense in that ending. But also the ice truck scene, though, is actually amazing. Yeah, but there's so, also so much suspense in that cornfield scene. They're all good. They're all standing. Oh, yeah. The worst scene to me is the whole in-between thing of where they're doing the, they're pushing the love triangle thing. Oh, yeah. That the, and the bar, if I could fast-forward one thing, it would always be... That like, bar scene? Just get right back to when Rusty calls again. <laughs> like, that would... If that was the movie, that would have been a horrible, uninteresting movie. <laughs> If they went that direction. Yeah, and, and what would you wish they explored more? Uh, to be honest with the you. The easy thing is to say Rusty, I mean. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm not going to say that this time because do we really need to know more about this guy? Oh, no, I got an easy one. I wish that you could have two more, two more scenes of um, of Venna and, and Lewis connecting romantically. Okay. They, they drop that completely and it never resurfaces. 
And it makes that opening seem silly that he's willing to do all this just to pick this girl up, basically. And then he never actually talks to her romantically for the rest of the movie. So, for me, it's uh, how did Fuller even get in jail in the first place? What'd he do? Exactly. Credit card scam. Ah. Vivica got away. Ah. And she's off somewhere. Well, no, she... No, I I get the feeling uh, Vivica's dead because remember Uma Thurman killed her in uh, the beginning of Kill Bill Volume One. So we're just putting all the universes together. Right? <laughs> I try to connect them when they make sense. Just like, just Kill Bill, I mean, but that's because Vivica Fox was in it. All right, all right. <laughs> that's her trilogy. That's cool, and 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 she got there after surviving Independence Day. Exactly. Okay. So, um, all right. Um, final thoughts. So final thoughts is we get. Actually, great, uh, great cast of characters. We get a pretty, we get extremely intense scenes, and we get a villain that is extremely intimidating. Even when you don't, when all you hear is his voice. Yeah. To be honest with you, the only thing you see with this villain, for the most part, is a truck. No, but when you see his face, you think Wobble House. So that's why I kind of liked the original ending better because you never see his face in the original ending. You just see his shadow. I could have done without seeing his face. Yeah, they would have just shown you the truck and you kind of put your mind together on what this guy probably looks like. Oh, by the way, we're, we're seeing, I'm going back, we're seeing actually is them make the orange six cheeseburgers. Agreed. I could remove that scene. Okay, yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Cool. So, overall, I'm going to give this movie a three. I mean, yes, there was no real negatives about this movie, but at the same time, you just have to get your mind set up to watch a movie like this. It's not a, it's not really, I wouldn't say it's fun. I mean, it is. It's hard. It's this is one of those movies that everyone is going to have different opinions on. It. You just have to be into this kind of movie. Yeah. It's not like a movie where I can universally tell anybody who likes horror or thriller you have to watch this movie. No, because it's not. So I'll, I'll pick up from there. Yeah, it's it's in a weird category. It's not really a true horror movie. It's more of a thriller, mm-hmm. and it's not a slasher movie. It's it's borderline horror. Um, it's whatever category the hitcher is. The hitcher's not really horror either per se. Mm-hmm. So you're right. This is not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. I could say like if you like the hitcher, you'll love this. If you like um, that movie called Breakdown with Kurt Russell, um, Duel. The first half of Jeepers Creepers. I like basically road type, uh, road movies basically. There's like a road terror type thing. You'll like this movie. Um, yeah, I liked I liked the whole cast. I like the characters. Um, the movie has a certain uh, intensity to it. And it has this nice little breaks, but it always picks up the action pretty quickly. Like there's no, maybe the first five, ten minutes, but... Once Fuller comes in the picture, it's pretty much never boring. Mm-hmm. So, it's an, and it's a, a very quick-paced movie too. I, I looked it up. I was surprised that it's actually only an hour and thirty-six minutes. This is like a really quick hour and a half movie. That's probably why the pacing felt so correct. Yeah, they cut all the fat out basically. This is like nonstop action pretty much. So if this if, if you like this kind of movie, then you're gonna like this a lot. Um, it's underrated. I'm gonna go with three stars also. Um, to get to like four stars for this movie, you could raise the stakes even more by even getting to know, know the characters more. Or or you kill one of them off. Kill them off, but I would have liked the stakes would be raised even higher had you given them even more character moments. So because the, the, they wanted to cut the battle to keep it super lean and super fast paced, 
they abandon all character stuff like 20 minutes in basically mm-hmm. uh, but there's enough there to still sustain so I'm gonna go with three stars you will be if you're looking for a movie to if you're looking basically like a just kind of a laid back night you don't want to think too hard you don't want to be like nothing too dramatic just something quick fast paced before bed it's a perfect like kind of late night movie for sure oh yeah so everyone you have a good day it's not night time <laughs> yeah <laughs> have a great day and also rest in peace Paul Walker R.I.P. Paul Walker if you ever have nobody seen the movie The Skulls with him and Joshua Jackson it's actually pretty underrated uh, Tammy and the T-Rex as Nick had pointed out earlier um, everybody's seen all the Fast Furious movies. I was about to say yeah. I mean, everybody's seen that I'm trying to think about recent stuff he did that's weird. you ever see uh, Rick Mansion I actually own it oh, there you go. it's fun I mean it's just a mindless action oh, beat em up uh, movie Running Scared that was a pretty good one that's pretty good yeah he, he has some other good stuff um, I didn't really like into the movie. Take care and remember, don't listen to Vic when he tells you to do something. That's true. Except when I tell you 